0: Drive time, Keeping you informed and inspired.
1: We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him.
0: Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From
2: the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious.
3: It's
4: fun. It's your Catholic Drive
3: Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ.
5: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. You have survived it. You made it through the weekend. Congratulations. Welcome back. It's good to be on with you this morning. We're going to have a jam-packed show to you for you today. And this week, by the way, I think we're going to have some pretty incredible guests on. Today on the program, Christine Niles joins us from Church Militant. She has a new uh, sort of a special report that's just breaking uh, the latest in an investigation on Edward Locke. He was uh, caught up in a, a sex ring In the Diocese in Scranton in Pennsylvania, we're going to get the latest information on that. And then over the weekend was the Men's March in D.C. You might recall that we interviewed Father Imbarato, was that week before last? Well, Michael Hichborn was there. He gave one of the talks there, and there's a, a sort of a, a great picture of him and his son marching, praying the rosary together, and it sort of made its way around some social media sites, and uh, so we invited Mike on to be on with us, and so Michael Hichborn from Lepanto Institute is going to be joining us to talk about the Men's March and some up, uh, upcoming rosary rallies that he is participating in later this month, so all of that is coming up in the this hour plus of course breaking news and stories saint of the day a gospel uh as well as the reflection brought to you by verboom.com forward slash grn and the team is here plus a mystery guest too all that on this week in catholic drive good morning to you janelle
6: good morning joe
5: praise be to god how was your weekend
6: it was great i had a lot of uh, really fun things that i did with my family over the weekend Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We went to a water park uh, yesterday. Um, oh wow! And <laughs> we went. Uh, we had a nice dinner with a family friend on Saturday, and we sang "Omnia Christi" as a family. So that was really fun.
5: Wow! No kidding. Praise be to God. I don't. I can't remember the last time I've been to an actual water park. Now I have been many, 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 many times to the Hyatt Hill Country Resort, which has sort of like a mini water park to they it.
6: They do. They do. It's it's fun. Yes. That one's
5: nice. Yeah, my family loves that. But uh, an actual water park, decades, decades. Uh, Maybe Adrian. Hey, good morning to you, Adrian.
3: Uh, So when's the last time you've been to a water park? Uh, I have no idea. Maybe four years ago, five years ago. I don't know. Probably a very long time. Four or five years ago is not very long. It's like a fourth of my life. (laughs) Wow. Okay, when you put it that way. So it's a very long time for me. Very young. Very young. Praise be to God. How was your weekend? It was great. It was very busy, very full. Uh, Friday, I went to a rehearsal dinner for a friend's wedding, and uh, was there for hours. And then Saturday, spent from like noon to midnight at a at a wedding, so it was great. It was very beautiful. Praise be God. And Sunday, I spent. I had dinner uh, with the TFP guys. Me and my brother went to the TFP seat uh, in Houston in Humble, rather, and uh, we had dinner, uh, pizza, uh, Mister Evan. Made some homemade pizza. It was delicious. Nice. It's very good. Very good. So it was a very full weekend. It was a blessing. And so it was very enjoyable. But no water parks. No water
5: parks. No water parks. No water parks were harmed in the making of this weekend. All right. So uh, we have a full hour to get to. Now, we do have a mystery guest with us. Teresa Avila is on with us this week. So if you are familiar with the YouTube side of things, Teresa Avila has been a, a frequent commenter on the show, especially in the after show, which, by the way, the after show returns. To Catholic Drive Time this week, praise be to God, thanks to uh, all those that donated to the uh, the drive last week during the Guadalupe radio network 's uh, summer push we 're very grateful. There were several Catholic drive time listeners who gave big contributions. We're very grateful to everyone who donates and supports your local Catholic radio station, either with the Station of the Cross or the Guadalupe Radio Network. It is so vitally important that you contribute to that station. Keep the doors open, the lights on, Catholic Radio Waves. Flowing in your backyard, so God bless you all for doing that. But we'll uh, we'll chat with Teresa Avila later in the show uh, and sort of reveal her true identity, possibly. So that'll be fun. But let's dive into uh, praying for your intentions and get on with our show. We have so much to get to today. Whatever is on your heart, your guardian angel knows for sure. But you're welcome to comment on the program, either on social media or right on our webpage, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the Supreme Pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, And benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay.
6: Taking a look at the headlines today, three killed, four wounded in Cleveland shooting. A gas explosion in central China kills at least 12, more than 150 people hospitalized. From Reuters, Israel's new government begins, Netanyahu era ends. The first Israeli government in 12 years, not led by Benjamin Netanyahu, got down to business on Monday, with the former prime minister shying away from a handover ceremony with successor Nath Fali Bennett. The right wing leader's record run in office ended on Sunday with a parliament approving, by a razor thin majority of 60 to 59, a new administration led by Bennett, a nationalist whose views mirror Netanyahu's on many issues. In Tel Aviv, thousands turned out to welcome the result after four not inconclusive elections in two years. The combatant Netanyahu 71 said he would be back sooner than expected. From Crooks, Nicaragua arrests four more opposition leaders in crackdown. The government of Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega arrested five opposition leaders during a major weekend roundup in what appears to be a widespread detention of anyone who might challenge his rule. The four arrests Sunday and one Saturday suggest Ortega has moved beyond arresting potential rival candidates in the November 7th elections, and has begun arresting any prominent member of the opposition. The arrests bring to 12 the number of oppositions detained since June 2nd. Ortega originally led Nicaragua from 1979 to 1990, following the Sandinista revolution that ousted the past dictator Anastasio Somoza. He returned to the presidency in 2007 after three failed election attempts and won re-election in 2011. He then sidestepped term limits to get himself re-elected in 2016 and packed courts and government agencies with allies. The Sandinista Party controls the courts and the legislature and has stifled universities and the Catholic Church. From Vatican News, Group of Seven agrees on mass vaccination. The Group of Seven Nations has agreed to participate in a worldwide vaccination plan to halt the coronavirus pandemic. It comes amid concerns that impoverished countries are being left out in the global jab drive. They also pledged to raise their contributions to meet an overdue spending pledge of $100 billion a year by rich countries to help the poorer ones cut carbon emissions. The G7 will also introduce the first ever 15% global corporate tax proposed by US President Joe Biden, saying corporations should pay their fair share of taxes. Not all European Union countries agree, including Hungary, where Prime Minister Viktor Orban has condemned the move. Some tensions remained with the US expressing worries about the standoff between Britain and the EU over regulatory checks on goods going into Northern Ireland from Britain could threaten peace. President Biden has a close interest in Ireland, given his ancestral roots, and has warned that Rose must not jeopardize the Good Friday Amendment over trade. And those are your headline news for Monday, June 14th. God love you.
3: The saint of the day is Saint Methodius of Constantinople. He was born in the 8th century at Syracuse in Sicily. He was educated in the same place. While in Constantinople, he sought to a position at court and he felt the call to enter the religious life. He built a monastery and started a monastic community on the island of Chinos. Soon after finishing construction, Methodius was summoned by the Patriarch of Constantinople to help govern the diocese. The Eastern Church was debating the use of icons in worship and as tools to bring the faithful closer to God. Methodius and the Patriarch of Constantinople worked against the iconoclast, those who would destroy icons, and together suffering suffer, suffered nearly as much abuse as the images they worked to unify and reconcile the sides and methodius traveled to rome italy to seek the pope's help during his absence he was exiled after 7 years he returned as patriarch of constantinople in 842 and he continued to work for unity he died of natural causes in 847 saint methodius of constantinople Pray for us. Praise be to
5: Jesus in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mar- Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, "'turn the other one to him as well. "'If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, "'hand him your cloak as well. "'Should anyone press you into service for one mile, "'go with him for two miles. "'Give to the one who asks of you "'and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow.'" The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, The Gospel Reflection today is brought to us by Verboom.com forward slash GRN, Verboom.com forward slash GRN, this incredible tool that allows us to dive deep fast into the commentary by looking at the early church fathers and and incredible commentaries like the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible or Cornelius Alapide or or many others. Um, So Verboom.com forward slash GRN, thank you for your generous support of our program this morning. But uh, it's interesting because you see that essentially this passage is covering all the major topics of potential injustice against you. Uh, revenge being a big one, of course, uh, court of law where you might be sued and your possessions taken from you, or how about forced into labor for the state or, or some other way, and then of course borrowing, people wanting to borrow from you. So there's these major categories that we see this particular passage broken up, but what was most interesting to me was the eye for an eye, which was the vengeance portion of this passage. Now, I think... If you don't look very deep, if you don't look at what the early church was saying, you might have sort of a, uh, a sort of a surface level understanding of this. You know, Jesus said very clearly, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. And when you read that, like I have for many years, you might think, oh, well, that means that, G- that, that eye for an eye, a law of the Old Testament must have been bad that an eye for an eye was not good. It was the God of the Old Testament, the God of vengeance, and now it's the God of mercy, right? You can almost hear the tweeting birds and the sunshine in the background. But that's not the case at all. And when you look at the early church fathers, it becomes very clear that that is not at all the intention, that an eye for an eye was a completely justified law in the Old Testament. Here's what St. Gregory the Great said. We ought to fear much more for the men who rob us than to be eager to save the inanimate things they take from us. Think about that for a second. We ought to fear much more for the the men who rob us than to be eager to save the inanimate things they take from us. The Ignatius Catholic Study Bible points out that Jesus forbids the misuse of Mosaic civil law to justify private vengeance. See, this is the key here. This is the key: Exodus 21:24 was meant to limit retribution. It was never an invitation to inflict punishment for personal injuries or extend personal vengeance beyond the injury suffered. So here's the bottom line: An eye for an eye is perfectly fine, but the problem is we don't stop there, do we? If they cut us off in traffic, boy, we're going to take that up a notch or two, right? When we put when we take vengeance upon us, when we decide that it's our responsibility to ensure justice is had, well, we don't just take what was taken from us; we take that plus some more, and it's that plus some more that becomes sinful for us. And this is where the the early church fathers really focus. Augustine goes on to say, "Since then he sent he sins who seeks an unmeasured vengeance." But he does not sin who desires only a just one. He is therefore further from sin who seeks no retribution at all. You see, there's like a greater good. The greater good that Jesus is trying to communicate to us that the early church fathers clearly saw was that if we just avoid the vengeance at all, we avoid the near occasion of sin. Jerome would even say, thus our Lord, by doing away with all retaliation, cuts off the beginnings of sin. So the law corrects faults, the gospel removes their occasion. It is better to allow that evil to happen to us and to offer it up as penance and suffering than it is to exact our pound of flesh. Amen. Don't go anywhere. Christine Niles from Church Militant is up next. We'll be right back. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. I want to thank GloryandShine.com for being a generous sponsor of our program, making it possible for us to get out of bed at 3 a.m. five days a week and to bring you the latest information from a Catholic perspective and, and all the rest that we do here. Thank you, GloryandShine.com for your generosity coming up in about uh, 20 minutes from now michael hitchborn from the Institute institute's going to be our guest to talk about the men's march in dc what happened uh, what were the uh what was the goal what were the ramifications by the way there was a lot of people uh, spewing vitriol against those that marched so that'll be a good conversation coming up in about 20 minutes from now joining us right now though is christine niles from church militant churchmilitant.com with a new uh special report out good morning to you christine uh, we're back to no sound again. So we're gonna let Adrian. Uh, we're gonna let Adrian work that out. Hold on one second there. Uh, you'll probably be on in a second. I think we know what happened the, the last time that happened. But in this latest in- investigation, Church militant looks into Edward Locke busted in a recent sexting. A uh, man with connections to key players in the Scranton diocese. Christine, can you hear me now? Still no sound out of Christine. Uh, uh so this is the story we're going to be talking to christine about this in just one moment here hopefully and prayerfully uh if uh in a worst case scenario christine you could always call in 877 757 hoping to get the latest information on this uh, report out of uh church militant um, keeping us up to date on the church scandals. You know, it's one of those things, according to the pandemic, it's like a, there was a, so much there was so much going on. Remember the summer of shame, the 2018 summer of shame? And then all of a sudden, you know, we get into 2019, and we were hearing all of these stories, even the uh, stories coming out of the Vatican, and then nothing. <laughs> the 2020 hit, and all of that information pretty much stopped, and there was hardly, hardly a sound, for, and we just never knew what was going on. And I have to say, that's been one of the nice things about uh, groups like the Church Militant, Lepanto Institute, and others who have sort of kept the finger on the pulse of these things so that they don't just go back into the dark recesses and, and hide away, continuing to do these things. We have to shed the light, uh, shine these lights on in the dark crevices of places. So right now, Adrian Fonseca is trying to reconnect Christine Niles. Hopefully, we'll have her on here in just a moment in order to uh, to get her up and running. In the meantime, there were several stories uh in the news that i wanted to to mention one which was very depressing here's the headline fox news reports uh sex ed teacher out at dalton after a masturbation lesson for first graders now you might recall we reported on this i don't know it was a, several weeks ago now or at least 2 3 and it was just this tragedy of of these parents discovering tr- you know crazy uh that their teacher had shared this horrific cartoon video that dealt with this subject and it was really horrific i mean if i if i found out that my teachers for my kids were doing this i think i would just be so sick to my stomach thinking about their lost innocence i mean these are grade schoolers first graders I'm not talking teenagers. Christine, there you are, Christine. Praise be to God. (laughs) Sorry about that. No worries. Uh, That's called the technology. It's the way way (laughs) life (laughs) goes. We go with it all the
7: time at Church Militant.
5: I'm sure. I'm sure. It's good to have you on. I'll link to that uh, Fox News story on our social feeds, just so you can read it for yourself. But let's go with, with the time we have left. We're back to Church Militant. Christine, tell us the story here that you broke over the weekend.
7: Yeah, so um it's my latest special report. It's called Pennsylvania Predator on the Prowl, and you can come see it at our site, com. Something that I spent a few months on, but um, you know, it's it's a very um involved story, but it kind of broke open because of an underage sex sting that took place back in January. There's a man there named Musa Harris, he's known as the Luzerne County Predator Catcher, and what he does is he is he's essentially a vigilante, he tries to catch pedophiles. Wow. And so he he nabbed one pedophile who was targeting an underage male 15-year-old. And what he does is he, he goes on these online dating apps. He catches these guys that way. And then he shows up of course on their doorstep when they're thinking a 15-year-old kid is going to show up to have sex with them, this guy shows up. He gets everything on video and then he posts it on on YouTube. Wow. Well, this one caused some shockwaves in the Scranton Diocese because the man that he busted happened to be a very long-time staffer in the diocese with very close connections to high-profile people. Uh, It was Ed Locke, long-time organist for many decades in the diocese. His brother was the vicar for clergy, okay? His brother was the vicar for clergy, which is a very high-ranking position in the um, diocese. And also his home parish is that of Monsignor Walter Rossi, yeah. You've heard of him. Yes, he's the rector of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And this was a man who was under investigation in two dioceses for homosexual misconduct. Uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, or actually just last year, Archbishop Vigano confirmed that he received multiple complaints about Monsignor Rossi when he was papal nuncio that Rossi uh, preyed upon uh, male seminarians uh, in D.C. Uh, but both Cardinal Wilton Gregory and Bishop Joseph Mimbera, in spite of voluminous evidence and testimony linking him to these homosexual scandals, and we actually provide some of that documentation, completely cleared Rossi of all wrongdoing. Um, And we have to remember, you know, Cardinal Wilton Gregory is a crony of McCarrick. He was a very long time close associate with McCarrick, handpicked by McCarrick. it's a kind of, a, it's a very big piece that ties in lots of different parts together to show that whatever progress we've made, we may have made in 2018 after the summer of shame, it really seems to be a lot of these complicit clergy remain very much entrenched and in positions of power, and they still continue
5: to protect their own. So going back to Scranton, though, uh, Ed Locke, is he still active in the diocese?
7: Well, what happened was they did suspend him, which is you know obviously what they needed to do. They suspended him. They handed things over to the local DA. But the problem is they didn't say a word about anything mm. to prisoners. Nothing. Zero. And so prisoners were like, why is he suddenly gone? Why is our organist gone? They had no idea. They left his name on the bulletin for more than a month as the organist. Oh, wow. And to this day, they will not tell anybody what happened. And this is like, wait a second. This is a sexual predator. He could be targeting Catholics you know, Catholic kids in the area. He probably has. Why are you not telling anybody? And, you know, uh, several people have asked the diocese that, and they just will not say anything. They just say, well, it's a personnel matter. We will say nothing. So I'm sorry you can't do that in this atmosphere today.
5: Do you get the sense that they're trying to protect themselves from litigation?
7: Um, I think it's both protecting themselves from litigation, but also protecting their inner circle. mm because Ed Locke was very much part of their inner circle. So I think it's, it's both. It's, the, the, the point is, they're not thinking about the good of yeah. their flock, sure. They're thinking about themselves.
3: Uh, Christine, we have about just under six minutes before the, we go to break uh, and we finish the conversation. But before we go, I uh, wanted to switch over to talk about uh, Monsignor Craig Harrison and the lawsuit going on there. Can you uh, give our audience a rundown? What's going on?
7: Sure. This is actually very big news. It's something that I've covered extensively, the Monsignor Craig Harrison case out in Bakersfield, California, that's in the Diocese of Fresno. Mons. Craig Harrison was under investigation by three separate uh, DAs, three separate police departments out in uh, Fresno, California, for multiple allegations of homosexual misconduct. This is a man who was a very popular, very popular, very powerful, beloved priest of a very wealthy parish for many years, about 40 years. And so when people heard these allegations against him, they were very shocked. And he's always proclaimed his innocence. Well, the problem is a number of these victims have come forward. Uh, There have have been many, I'd say at least half a dozen. All their stories um, fit together. They're from different places. And um, two of the local DAs said that they wanted to pursue criminal prosecution, but they weren't able to because the statute of limitations prevented them. Now, Monsieur Harrison has touted that as, oh, I've been completely exonerated. Not true. They just couldn't prosecute because the law wouldn't let them because that's you know time limit. Um, what he has done, Harrison, is actually he's filed defamation lawsuits against victims, whistleblowers, against the diocese. He lost his defamation lawsuit against the diocese. The court said this is baseless, and he has smeared all of his accusers and alleged victims, um, and and in fact disobeyed his bishop when his bishop told him you can't publicly minister. He would continue to publicly minister anyway, and. Finally, finally, two accusers have now filed a civil lawsuit against Monsignor Harrison. This just happened last week, and, you know, victims have contacted me saying when they were watching the press conference, <clears throat> excuse me, they were bawling. They were in tears because they said, wow, finally, someone is hitting back at this man. Mm. You know, wow. it's, it's been two very, two very rough years. We've been smeared and attacked and, and called out as liars, but now finally... Um, hopefully, he'll be facing some justice, not in the criminal courts, hopefully in the civil courts.
3: And we have about three minutes left in the conversation with Christine Niles from churchmilitant.com. Uh, before we go, the other thing is comparing this situation here um, with the situation with Father James Altman. Uh, it seems kind of bizarre that Father James Altman is being attacked for being a faithful priest, uh, whereas others are able to get away essentially scot-free, and they sh- everybody shouts disobedience to Father Altman, uh, but no one shouts disobedience to these other priests. Could you speak on that?
7: Absolutely. That's very true. I mean, for instance, there was a good article recently, I, can't, I think it's in Crisis, called The Tale of Two Father James. One compares the treatment of Father James Altman, who's a faithful priest. You know, granted, he's very, you know, you know he speaks out pretty strongly. And then you have Father James Martin. And Father James Martin is in dioceses almost everywhere, um, and the bishops don't seem to say anything about him, even though he is pushing homosexuality. That's his whole thing. He wants to normalize homosexuality. Um, and in spite of all his language about, oh, we just need to welcome, th- that's not true. He goes way farther than that. If you listen to any of his talks, he goes way farther. He wants the church to change its teaching on blessing same-sex unions, things like that, and marriage. And then you've got Fa- Father James Altman, who's very faithful, granted very, you know, outspoken and everything, but he's, he's a very manly priest, and yet here he is condemned by his own bishop, condemned by my archbishop here in Detroit as divisive, but they won't explain how he's been divisive. Um, we I, I know we have to end soon, but we did a very recent story about how we kind of obtained a private meeting between the archbishop's representative and a local group that had hi, uh, asked him to be their keynote speaker, and uh the archbishop wanted him canceled. They wanted yeah. them to cancel him, don't invite him to Detroit because he's divisive. But then he wouldn't answer questions as to how he's divisive. So
5: Yeah, it seems like the times we live on be, uh, live in become more and more uh divided or divisive as you say every single day. But do you see a, a rise in the in the lay faithful sort of getting really sick and tired of all of the shenanigans? Yes.
7: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely yes. Um, and that's that's the good thing. So we have little groups, you know, uh, lay groups all over the place now sort of um, acting and, and speaking respectfully. You have to be respectful, of course, to your bishop, but making their voices heard more. Because mm-hmm. at this point, after the summer of shame, a lot of bishops have lost trust and credibility. They have to earn that back. They can no longer sit back and just expect all of us to trust them because we've lost they've lost so much of our trust. They've got
5: to earn it. And a lot of Glanty now are kind of demanding that. So that's good. Yeah, amen. We have a, a viewer hanging out with us on YouTube who actually said, quote, I knew a priest who was moved to Canada from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He ended up abusing me and likely others. Uncredible." Oh, incredible. incredible. All right, nice. check out this special report from Christine Niles over at churchmilitant.com. Uh, it's on Edward Locke out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Ch- uh, Christine, it's always great to have you on. Thank you for hanging out with us this morning. Bless. All right, God love you and God bless you. All right, coming up after the break, we're going to do breaking news and stories with Janelle. Then, of course, Michael Hitchmore from Lepanto Institute is going to be on to talk about the Men's March in D.C. We'll be right back.
2: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. But that's not the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be joyful. Sadness is only an interlude. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. The Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him. The pagan must constantly seek after pleasure and because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him. Joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org.
6: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay and here are your headline news. Judge dismisses vaccine mandate lawsuit by staff of Houston Hospital. Texas Border Patrol arrests over 100 illegal immigrants held in inhumane stash house. From Reuters, Phillips recalls ventilators sleep apnea machines due to health risks. Dutch Medical Equipment Company, Phillips has recalled some breathing devices and ventilators because of a foam part that might degrade and become toxic potentially causing cancer, it said on Monday. Foam used to dampen this machine's sound can degrade and emit small particles that irritate airways, the group said, as it announced the recall. Gases released by the degrading foam may also be toxic or carry cancer risks. Philips chief executive Franz von Holten said the company was one of the largest makers of sleep apnea machines and ventilators. Between 3 million and 4 million would be targeted in the recall, he said. The Catholic News Agency says survey shows more Americans believe abortion is morally acceptable than morally wrong. According to a Gallup poll published on Thursday, 47% of people surveyed found abortion to be morally acceptable, the highest tally since the poll began in 2001. Conversely, 46% of those surveyed said that they believed abortion to be morally wrong. The survey was conducted from May 3rd to the 18th. A total of 1,016 adults were randomly surveyed, and Gallup estimates the margin of error to be plus or minus 4 percentage points. Last year, the Gallup survey numbers on abortion were nearly flipped. 47 of respondents said that they believed abortion to be morally wrong, and 44 said it was morally acceptable. The 2021 poll also marks the first time that more people surveyed found abortion to be morally acceptable than those who said it was morally wrong. In 2015, an equal percentage of Americans took each position. The following year, in 2016, 47% of people surveyed said they viewed abortion as morally wrong and only 43 said that they viewed it as morally acceptable. Gallup found that political identification was correlated with a person's view on the morality of abortion. Only 26% of surveyed Republicans said that they viewed abortion as morally acceptable Meanwhile, 51% of independents and 64% of Democrats said it was acceptable. While the poll found that more Americans found abortion to be morally acceptable than morally wrong, the poll also found that most Americans support restrictions on abortion. Per the poll, fewer than one-third of American adults believed that abortion should be legal under any circumstances. A total of 65% of those surveyed supported at least some restrictions on abortion. A plurality of those 33% said they believed abortion should be legal in only a few circumstances. Younger people surveyed were more likely to trend to either extreme of the abortion position. The poll found that 41% of people between the ages of 18 and 34 believed that abortion should be legal in any circumstance, the highest of the three age groups. However, 20% of the same age group said they believed abortion should not be legal in any circumstance the same percentage as people aged 55 or older. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a holy Monday.
5: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. I want to thank realestateforlife.org for generously being a sponsor of our program this morning realestateforlife.org connecting people who are either buying or selling houses to support to support pro-life organizations like ours realestateforlife.org god bless you and god love you thank you Uh, michael hitchborn is joining our program right now from zoom chat he is the president of lepanto institute and he participated in the men's march in dc over the weekend and we thought we'd get the latest on that and more good morning to you michael Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Keep the bar low enough, you uh, impress more people. That's what I say. But anyway, let's uh, let's jump into this men's march, this men's uh, rally in DC. Now, we did have Father Berardo on. Uh, I think it was week before last to sort of promote the event and talk about talk about it. But uh, you attended. You were one of the speakers. Tell us what was it like from your perspective.
8: Well, I took my uh, my second oldest son uh, Sebastian, who is now 13 years old. Uh, he, so he joined me and, and we, uh, he, he wasn't really sure what to expect and, and he wasn't really sure he wanted to go, but, uh, he was very happy that he went. He said, I was really impressed by the fact that there were so many men there actually wearing suits, uh, being very somber, but also being very, um, joyful in their approach to the fight against abortion. And, uh, as we were, uh, marching, it was it was um, it was almost a surreal experience. There were about three or four hundred people there, uh, men uh, marching uh, against abortion, and it was very quiet. It was it was the most peaceful protest you could possibly imagine. Quite honestly, uh, as we processed from the uh, the killing center all the way to where we went to speak. Now, what was interesting is that just before we got to where we were going to go to speak, Mm -hmm. uh, the Secret Service, five minutes beforehand, shut down the park where we were going to speak. They locked in our sound equipment and everything. Wow. Wow. yeah, five minutes beforehand. Oh, and then five minutes before we finished. Oh, they just happened to open the park back up again.
5: Imagine. <laughs> I wonder if they have uh, friends in powerful places or not. I'm just curious.
8: Hmm. You know, the Secret Service? Uh, hmm, maybe. Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got to, uh, we got to the, a street corner somewhere, and the police there were very happy to try and help us find a place to set up. Um, and they said, "Ah, oh, you can just take over this intersection and go ahead and, and speak here." So we did. Somebody across the street actually had a great a great big billboard sign that they were holding uh, that was you know very pro life, had a picture of a baby on it. And I watched from across the street as several of the police officers walked up, shook hands with them. You know, I, I couldn't hear what they were saying, but they were saying things like "thank you" and nodding their heads, and and uh, it was. Uh, it was very interesting to see the Metro PD there being very supportive of what we were trying to do.
5: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Michael Hitchborn is our guest president of Lepanto Institute. We're talking about the Catholic Men's March in D.C. Were there more than just Catholic men there?
8: Uh, there were Protestant men, too. Uh, yeah. you know, so uh, it, was, uh, it was definitely um, an ecumenical uh, approach to, uh, to to fighting against abortion. But we were all definitely unified in the need for men to fight against abortion.
5: And besides yourself, who were some of the speakers?
8: Well, Dr. Alan Keyes is the one who... Uh, sure, we've who had him on. heard everything. Um, Jim Havens, of course, gave a presentation. And... Um, There were a couple of doctors whom I did not recognize. I I, I didn't know their names, but uh, the first speaker actually was a former abortion doctor, and he described the entire procedure, and he held up the instruments uh, of the person abortion. It was very powerful. Oh, wow. What was his name? We should get him on. We should book that guy. I remember his name right off the top of my head. Jim Havens knows.
5: I'll ask him. That's that's had to be a pretty powerful thing for some of the guys standing
8: there. I can imagine. There were a lot of poor... I, I noticed because at one point, Father Embarrado asked, are there any post-abortive men here? Mm. Uh, and a number of hands went up. Um, and you could see kind of the pain on their face. One of the speakers was uh, somebody who had, um, he, he, one of his children had, had been uh, killed in abortion. Mm. And uh, he gave his testimony. It was basically a, a letter that he wrote to his unborn child. Uh, wow. As, an apology. It was very powerful. Oh man, that would have been rough.
5: I'm post board of myself, so I can appreciate how difficult of a process that actually is. Uh, but w- how important was it for men to stand up? You know, I th- we we hear it all the time. My body, my choice. Men don't have a say because they're it's not it's not their body. But why was it important for men to stand up?
8: Well, my talk uh, specifically was on the problem of the effeminacy and how it was effeminacy that gave us contraception, it's effeminacy that gave us uh, abortion, and it's effeminacy that is now giving us the transgender and homosexual movements. Yeah, uh, and, and a lot of people misunderstand what effeminacy is. They think that it means you know, a guy in a tutu prancing around with his hands. <laughs> but effeminacy, properly understood, as Thomas Aquinas uh, defined it, is a sorrow that one feels uh, at the prospective loss of comfort uh, as, as they uh, uh, consider doing some good.
4: right. So
8: if you recognize that there is an evil going on that you have to stand up to fight against, but you're afraid of losing your position, you're afraid of losing your reputation, you're afraid of losing your creature comforts, your job, whatever it is, um, that sorrow and that shying away from doing the good because of that sorrow... Is the very definition of effeminacy, and I in my talk I said Adam was actually guilty of the sin of effeminacy mm-hmm. at the very beginning, and it was effeminacy that caused the downfall of all of humanity. If Adam had been performing his duty properly, if he had actually done what Moses did in the desert and offered to God to have himself blotted out from the book that he had written instead of punishing the the people of Israel then God would have spared both Adam and Eve mm. because of Eve's sin alone. Uh, but he didn't do that. And it's, it, it's because of that same effeminacy that we now have abortion and the plight that we, w- that we face. And the only remedy, which I gave, is sacrificial love. Uh, if you want to understand the, the remedy to effeminacy, you have to look at the cross. That's the remedy.
5: Michael Hichborn is our guest. We, we're going to be going to a break here in just a moment. Uh, he's from the Lepanto Institute. We're talking about uh, the men's march in D.C. He's got some rosary rallies coming up, which we'll talk about after the break. Um, but there was some uh, negative pushback online, especially with your picture of you and your son, which we're posting to the stream so folks can see it. But uh, it's an iconic image of a father and his son marching, standing up for life and praying the Holy Rosary. And some people did not like that. And they were meanies on on the social media. And we're going to talk about that as well just on the other side of this break. So Catholic Drive Time is going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Men's March, Lepanto Institute, and Michael Hitchborn is all coming up in just a moment here. Keeping you informed and inspired, that's our job. Don't go anywhere. Be right back.
9: St. Paul tells us to pray always. Easy for him to say.
6: One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey.
9: But how are we to pray in the middle of a tense day at the office, while rushing to get the shopping done and get home, while picking up our kids and their friends for soccer? In his rule, St. Benedict has a suggestion for us. He took short Bible verses or other sayings such as, O God, come to my assistance, Lord, make haste to help me, or Lord, help. These short prayers are like darts, which are small and fly straight to their target. Since these prayers are short, we can pray them at any time, with full intention. Thus, they too fly straight to God and reach their mark. For your
6: free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com
9: So open your Bible, perhaps to the Psalms, and find those darts you can use through the day. And you too can be like St. Paul and pray always.
3: Be to Jesus Christ, welcome
5: back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Michael Hedgeborn is our guest from Lepanto Institute. It's good to have him back on the program. We're talking about the the march in D.C. over the weekend. Now, there was this uh, wonderful, iconic uh, picture of uh, Mike and his son praying uh, the rosary while marching. And I saw it uh, over the weekend, I saw it on uh, Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere, and then some people were picking it up and they were like making like negative disparaging comments uh, as res, you know uh, attached to this image and i thought <laughs> and some people were were reaching out to me and asking me like oh we got to do something it's like if people are disparaging you you're doing something right generally speaking but uh, the culture does not like uh, men standing up and i think the the iconic image of a father praying with his son leading his son in in the active work a standing up against an injustice in our society they really don't like that mike what do you say
8: well i I actually have to say i was very surprised to hear that there was so much negativity i was also very surprised to see my picture plastered all over (laughs) that after the march so uh both of those things were very surprising to me but um yeah you know it's interesting to think about what was going on with this men's march i was noticing uh as we were on one side of the street as we were speaking, there was a, an LGBT rally going on just a couple of blocks down. And every once in a while, you'd see somebody just donned from head to toe in, in rainbow paraphernalia. Yeah. And invariably they would start on, you know, our side of the street or, you know, whatever, just walking down the street. And then they'd notice what's going on and they saw all the suits and, just instinctively, they went to the other side of the street. Mm. Now, as they were at a distance, they would shout epithets and they would you know, say all sorts of obscene things. But it was once they were away from us that they had the courage to actually shout against us. Mm. Uh, they, they didn't have any courage to say anything to our faces and they certainly didn't want to be in the same area as a man with a bunch of suits. And I think that there's something to the idea that men in suits represents a strength that they don't like it shows that we are not there for our comfort we are there uh to show an authority that goes along with manhood uh and that that authority is the defense of the most innocent and defenseless among us and if we are willing to defend the most defenseless among us by making a a prayerful show and by um Uh, wearing clothing on a hot day that really wasn't all that comfortable to wear uh they they didn't want to confront that and there's there's a spiritual element to this too you you just you see it Uh, i don't know that i can really describe it but you definitely see it
5: what was it like for your son
8: well he he was very pleased to have gone and uh honestly i'd have to have him on to give his experience but he um he and I talked about it afterward. He said that was that was very neat. He said it was very interesting, and and uh, he was really glad that he went.
5: Was he at all intimidated by sort of the shenanigans of those that were attending the LGBTQ rally or whatever that was?
8: No, he just looked across the street and he said, "Those people are weird."
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the mouth of babes, as they say, from the mouth of babes. Well, I think it's important to, for uh, fathers and sons to uh, to do such things together. Um, Not only is it uh, a rite of passage for young men to see their fathers stand up that way, but also society needs to see that witness, too. So uh, these men's uh, movements, these men's events are critical uh, for the church and for society at large. Let's uh, move on to the Rosary Rally. Uh, You have one coming up June 22nd, 23rd in
8: Minneapolis. Tell us about this. So in Minneapolis, Minnesota, from the 21st of June through the 24th, uh, the annual assembly of the Association of United States Catholic Priests is going on. Now that stands, AUSCP is the acronym. AUSCP is a heretical threat to the faith in the United States. Uh, it's an association of priests that boasts about 1,500 priests and their members. They've got Episcopal support from Archbishop John Wester, from Cardinal supich from Cardinal uh, Wilton Gregory. Um, they've had uh, Archbishop, uh, Carlson, they've had Bishop uh, McElroy. Uh, they have a long list of Episcopal support, but what they're doing is they're promoting women's ordination, they're promoting homosexuality in the priesthood, they're promoting an embrace of active homosexual lifestyles within the Catholic Church, in- including the blessing of homosexual unions. And one of the things that they've been pushing recently is for legislation that would force Catholic adoption agencies to provide children to LGBT and uh, transgendered couples. Uh, so this organization is extremely dangerous to the faith. Uh, so in response, what we're doing is we're gathering in, the, uh, in front of the hotel where they're meeting uh, on the 22nd and 23rd of this month uh, to hold a rosary rally of reparation for the heresies that are being spread by this organization.
5: Michael Hitchborn is our guest. He's with the Lepanto Institute and Lepanto Institute. No, forgive me. LepantoIn.org i n org is the website. LepantoIn.org. i um, n Is this open to everyone? Can can anyone come to this
8: rosary rally? Absolutely. We're we're inviting anybody in the area to please come join us. Um, we are going to have Father Altman with us to uh, to lead us in the rosary. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be a very very good uh, response to the AUSCP. They know who I am, so <laughs> they're almost expecting me to show up with a group of people to to pray the rosary and, and to counter what they're trying to accomplish.
5: You know, earlier we were talking to Christine Niles, and as much as these topics are not fun to talk about, like who wants to wake up and talk about the 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 uh, sort of the the dirty laundry of our church? um at the same time it's so necessary because for so long it's like mm, these things were not talked about and they kind of just got away with so much do you think they're surprised to see more and more faithful stand up and sort of just really kind of tired of it all
8: i think they are uh i think a lot of times th- they've been getting away with this kind of thing for so long that the pushback really does kind of shock them mm. uh, so i i think that they are surprised by it um the last time that I actually saw them in person was in St. Louis, and they uh, they they came out and started talking to our Rosary group, and they're like, "Why are you here? Why? What, what's the problem?" I said, "Well, the problem is that you're heretics." <laughs> that went over like a lead balloon, I'm sure.
3: Well, it's it's very fascinating to me because I've been to many many Rosary rallies in uh, the last few years, and the thing is. Whether you're protesting against the homosexualist or is it against the Father James Martin type or whatever it is, the rosary just incites such vitriol against uh, other people are just like, why are you all out there praying the rosary? Um, and people get very, very upset as if you are attacking them, which I guess in a sense you are because the rosary is a weapon. Uh, people accuse you of weaponizing the rosary and it's like, well, I didn't weaponize the rosary. Our lady did that. Um, so – could you speak about, like, why do you think that is, that Catholics, Catholic organizations, uh, Catholic, uh, allegedly Catholic groups and people uh, get so offended and so attacked by the rosary?
8: Well, Our Lady made various uh, promises attached to the rosary, one of which was that uh, whatever you pray for through the rosary would be granted. And when we're praying for reparation, when we're praying for um, uh, an end to a particular persecution of the, of the faith itself, well, that's a prayer that's very pleasing to both Our Lady and Our Lord, and uh, it's, a, it's a prayer that is being heard and is being answered. So those who are attacking the faith uh, feel it. They feel it somewhere deep in their soul, and there is a guilt associated with it, and please God, they actually understand the pangs of guilt that they're feeling before it's too late.
5: Michael Hitchbourne is our guest. Lepanto Institute, LepantoIN.org is the website. Now, you, we have, I don't know, a couple minutes left here. You, you said you were going to do another rally uh, because there was that uh, radio station on a Catholic campus that's been broadcasting hardcore metal satanic music. Tell us about that.
8: So on, uh, on the 16th, which is just uh, two days away, uh, we're going to be up in Newark, New Jersey, Standing in front of the, Sa- the Basilica of the Sacred Heart, having a rosary rally there with regard to WSOU, Seton Hall University. It's a diocesan university run by the archdiocese. It falls directly under the authority of Arch- uh, Cardinal Tobin. Wow. Uh, and they're broadcasting death metal music. We're talking music that glorifies uh, the gory, grotesque murder, violent murder of women and children. Uh, satanic sacrifices. I've listened to the lyrics. I, I've read the lyrics, Ugh. and it's vitriolic. It is absolutely horrific what they're broadcasting.
5: Why would they do this? They're Catholic.
8: Uh, that's a good question, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, they started their broadcasts right about the same time that Cardinal McCarrick uh, took over as the Archbishop of Newark, mm. New Jersey, and if you understand homosexual homosexuality properly, you would know that homicide, where you find homosexuality, you also find the occult. So this, these broadcasts, this perpetual broadcast of what they call music, is really a broadcast of demonic prayers. Uh, and so it does cause kind of a, an open portal of demonic activity in that area.
5: Now, are, so, they, are they suggesting that, well, there's students, it's a student-run radio station, so the students get to choose the music? Is that their line?
8: That's basically their line. Uh, but they also claim that the music being broadcast is in line with Catholic values. <laughs> and in line with wow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's very bold. <laughs> uh,
3: they, uh, they have no shame anymore. No. They, they just throw wow. it out there and hope it sticks. It's, it's quite. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and he was saying how at his Catholic uh, school, they were having um, – the, the teachers were saying, we don't – we want to reject bias, and we want to make sure we only treat the facts, so don't talk about anything, and here's the curriculum, and it's pushing leftism.
8: Mm-hmm, of course. Well, <laughs> you know, what's really funny is that the the defenders of this radio station, WSOU's uh, program managers and the university itself actually claim that the music that comes out of WSOU is more family values friendly than the pop music that you hear on your popular radio station.
5: <laughs> well, then that's also equally horrible if that's the case. If that's true, then both ought to be totally done away with. All right, well, we are out of time. Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto Institute, LepantoIN.org. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful. We'll be praying for your Rosary Alley success.
8: Thank you. God bless you, and God bless your audience.
5: All right. God love you. Have a good day. That is going to do over hour number one. There will be an hour two. It's coming up next. Hopefully you can join us for that. You can find us linked up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can hang out with us right then and there. The game show is back, and the after show all coming up at the next hour. If you're not going to be able to take us there, well, tomorrow morning, Eric Sammons is our guest, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for more Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. That's our job. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you next. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and
0: inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
2: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
5: Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
1: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water in the Spirit, that you were born again, just as the Bible says in John three verse five. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues through our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6, verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19, verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again, and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans eight twenty four, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and that we will be saved as paul says in romans 5 verses 9 and 10 provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize salvation is a process just as catholics believe and just as the bible clearly teaches a beacon of truth in a troubled world this
3: is the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul
5: You're back at it. Another great week ahead of us. Hopefully everything goes well for you at work or life or family or school or whatever. Whatever's on your agenda this week. We're going to be praying for that intention here in just a few moments. We just wrapped up some good conversation last hour. Difficult conversation, to say the least. It is difficult uh dealing with the issues that we have to deal with but nonetheless we do christine niles was our guest last hour so was michael hitchborn from lepanto institute we're going to be posting both of those conversations to our youtube and rumble and facebook pages all of that later today you can always find them linked up on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt but good news bad news uh adrian janelle good morning to you good Good news bad news
6: bad news good news
5: Okay, we I thought we went we went over this last week. Okay. Yes, we did. You have to commit. Okay. You got to commit. You want either good or bad, you can't keep all your options open. So, let's try to all be on the same team here. Let's try this one more time. Good news, bad news, Adrian and Janelle? Good news. Bad news. Wow. <laughs> I feel like we've had this conversation before. All right. So, uh, the good news, praise be to God, is the game show is back this week.
3: Praise be to Yay! God.
5: We're actually going to give out prizes again this week thanks to our sponsor. Who's our sponsor this week, Janelle?
6: Our sponsor is Delfina Rose Art.
5: Nice, yes. Delfina. So they have like images, coloring books or sheets things like that. They're probably going to give us a pack of these uh, beautiful Catholic uh, this beautiful Catholic artwork that you can uh, print out and uh, and give to your kids, things like that. So we're very excited and grateful to our sponsor this week. Thank you, Delfina, for, for being a sponsor. All right, so the game show's coming up in a few moments. And uh, the other uh, piece of semi-good news, but also semi-bad news, is the after show is back this week as well. And the good news is, guess who's, guess who's going to be uh, unveiled to the audience in the after show? Teresa of Avila who has been commenting on the program in the After Show for uh, some time now, is actually in the studio with us, the mystery guest, and we will reveal her identity, her true identity, uh, to you in the After Show. But the downside, the bad news really is, Adrian Fonseca is cutting us off,
3: like, <gasps> very early in the After Adrian. Show. It's true. It's true. I'm a, uh, I have a diabolical plan for uh, ruining Joe's day. <laughs> Schemer. And uh, we're having uh, intersections with Bree Dale and Joey Mignot, on at the top of the hour at eight a.m. Central mm-hmm. Time mm-hmm. nine uh, nine a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastern Time yeah and we are uh, we have to end our after show just a little early only on Mondays every other day we'll be back. I feel full, like you really just hour. want to
5: be producer for them and not us. That's, that's how I'm that, feeling.
3: It's it's okay, Joe. I, I care about y'all too. I need like a couch and soft music now. We I'm I have just... participation trophies for you and Janelle <laughs> and then actual trophies for Joey and Wow. Me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Well,
5: that's nice. Thanks, Adrian, for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Actual trophies. All right. So, uh, we're going to have, uh, breaking news and stories. We're going to have the saint of the day, gospel of the day, and a reflection brought to you by verboom.com forward slash GRN. Thank you for generously underwriting our program. And then, of course, we'll play the game, Fear and Trembling. And today's, uh, ga- game show prize or this week's prize is generously underwritten by uh, Delphina Rose Art on Etsy. We're very grateful to them. So you'll have chances all week long to win the prize. The phone number, by the way, and the rules are all posted up Over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, we take the first caller, and if you want to be in early, all you got to do is go to the website, find the phone number and call it. You can hang out on hold, and by the way, you'll be the first to meet our mystery guest because she's answering the phones. grnonline.com forward slash cdt, but I'll give out the phone number. Here in just a little while. All right, so let's pray for your intentions as well as our own and for the conversion of sinners all over the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors. Help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay.
6: Patrick Kelly installed as new Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus. The Catholic News Agency reports Poland is consecrated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Poland was consecrated Friday to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. The act of consecration took place at the Basilica of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in Krakow, southern Poland, on June 11th, the 100th anniversary of a previous national consecration at the same location. Archbishop Stanisław Gondeski, the president of the Polish Catholic Bishops' Conference, renewed the consecration as he celebrated Mass at the Basilica on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. The Mass was attended by Poland's bishops gathered in the Archdiocese of Krakow for the 389th plenary session of the bishops' conference. Poland's Catholic bishops decided unanimously on June 11th to abolish the dispensation from attending Mass on Sundays and Holy Days. The bishops attending their plenary meeting in Kalwaria Zebjedowska, southern Poland, announced that the dispensation would be lifted simultaneously in all dioceses on June 20th. Vatican News reports on COVID-19. Caritas Internationalis launches appeal for India as cases rise. The COVID-19 pandemic in India continues unabated, with 29 million infections reported so far. The country on Thursday recorded the world's highest number of deaths from the disease in a single day, reaching the dramatic figure of almost 360,000. For this reason, Caritas Internationalis released the touching testimony of Jacob, a staff member at the diocesan Caritas of Dindinggul, in the state of Tamil Nadu. In a short video, the man talks about the dramatic situation facing the local population, while in the background there are images of sick people being treated in particularly difficult conditions. Despite the situation, however, a strong sense of hope emerges from the video because it underlines Caritas's commitment to helping the local population. The Secretary-General recalls that in India, the charitable organization launched an immediate humanitarian response to the pandemic, and thanks to the support of thousands of benefactors, it was possible to set up 28 first-level treatment centers and 58 second-level centers, where 2,384 patients were helped by the Caritas Medical assistance. As well as these assistants, there are also volunteers known as COVID Samaritans, who support the needy by offering medical care, oxygen support, convalescence aid, and comfort to lonely people. Caritas Internationalis wants to keep its promise to be in solidarity with the most affected and all people in need, concludes the Secretary General, launching an appeal for donations that gives hope to those who struggle against COVID and its social consequences. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Monday.
3: The saint of the day is St. Methodius of Constantinople. The, he was born on the, in the 8th century at Syracuse in Sicily. He was educated in the same place, while in Constantinople, he sought a position at court. He felt the call to enter the religious life. He built a monastery and started a monastic community on the island of Chinos. Soon after finishing construction, Methodius was summoned by the Patriarch of Constantinople to help govern the diocese. The Eastern Church was debating the use of icons in worship and as tools to bring the faithful closer to God. Methodius and the Patriarch of Constantinople worked against the iconoclasts, those who would wish to destroy icons, and together suffer nearly as much abuse as the images themselves. They worked to unify and reconcile the sides. Methodius traveled to Rome, Italy to seek the Pope's help. During his absence, he was exiled. After seven years, he returned as Patriarch of Constantinople in 842 and continued to work for unity. He died in 847 of natural causes. Saint Methodius of Constantinople, pray for us.
5: Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand him your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, And do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh... The Ignatius Catholic Study Bible that I use all the time. I really love it, by the way. says, Jesus calls for ungrudging generosity beyond the required call of duty. Jesus calls for ungrudging generosity beyond the required call of duty. I think that pretty much sums up the entire, all the categories of revenge, court of law, forced labor, and borrowing. I believe that is a good summary statement. But this is what Augustine also said. He says, quote, Rather, that which the law sought to do, namely to put an end to unequal revenge, is more safely secured when there is no revenge at all. I want you to meditate upon that today. The greater good, the higher value, the greater virtue is not just in getting the justice which you are due, but rather to offering it up and avoiding sin of all kinds. Because avoiding sin is far more important than getting our pound to flesh. Adrian, what did you find?
3: Yes, so Cornelius Lapide had a lot to say about this passage especially and and I'm trying to figure out what best to focus in on because it's a lot here. So I'm going to read to you what he said here. He said, The meaning is if anyone shall force thee to go one mile with him, go to the second mile, post rather than, than contend. So will you keep peace, exercise patience, and conquer by your charity him who compels you and make him your friend. So, the this is what Cornelius Lapide talks about, uh, this idea of walking the second mile, walking further. Here, what was happening was that the government, the Roman government, could compel uh, certain people. They couldn't compel anyone. They couldn't compel Roman citizens. But people who were not Roman citizens, like the Jews who were there, they could be compelled to uh, do service for the uh, emperor, namely to... If I asked a if the uh, soldier went up to a a non citizen and said, I need you to carry this for me for the next mile, but they could only go one mile. They could not ask them to go further than that. And so here he's saying, Well keep going out of charity, out of uh love for for God. You should go the extra mile in order to and in, in hopes that you compel him in charity. But also, uh in other commentaries it talks about how this is a form of of um protest against them because in doing more and going further, you're actually putting them in a situation where they can—they are uh, abusing their power, and so by abusing their power, now we have recourse against the person who is compelling you. Um, it refers back to whenever he gets slapped. Whenever it said, someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well, because it was known that you could slap someone with a forward hand with your open palm, but to backhand someone, which would be necessary if someone slapped you across, the only way to slap you back, which you would not use your left hand at this time, because it would have been uh, a, a, a disgu- it would have been a disgusting thing, because it was the left hand was considered dirty, and so if if they wanted to slap you again. They would have to backhand you across, and then backhanding someone was an extreme sign of disrespect, and they can actually be prosecuted and they could get in trouble for backhanding you. so turning the other cheek was also considered a sign of rebellion against the authority without uh, a nonviolent uh, rebellion against the authority. so that's uh, one of the explanations for this passage, uh, though there is a, there's a lot to say about this passage, but I think I'll leave it at that for today for today. All right. All right, praise
5: be to God. Uh, guess what? I wanted to mention this at the top of the hour, but uh, I failed to do so. I just wanted to thank everyone who called in a gift last week during the Summer share to support the Guadalupe Radio Network. That means so much to us. God love you and thank you for doing it, especially those of you like Mike and Lori and and others who generously gave from this Catholic Drive Time audience calling in your pledges and supporting our apostolate. It really does mean the world to us Thank you for that. You're so very generous. All right, so we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we are going to play Fear and Trembling." Call right now. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. It's time to play Fear and Trembling," and prizes are at stake this week. The phone number to call and play is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Call right now. You don't even need to know the answers to win. 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back.
2: Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live.
10: How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself, but stop just for a minute and
0: ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world?
2: Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners.
10: Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous.
2: Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world.
10: Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together.
2: This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many
5: Joe McClain! Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and trembling. The phone lines are wide open. It is your time to call. Play the game. Prizes are involved, and you don't even need to know the answers to win. That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now, and uh, you'll get to be our contestant, and you could win some cool prizes thanks to our sponsor this week. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. So while we're waiting for that phone to uh, light up, up and call that call to come in. Let me tell you how the game is played, because we have a secret and hidden agenda on this uh, particular segment of the show. So do me a favor, and don't share this information with anybody. Okay? Just keep it between us. But uh, we like to do a few things on the program. We like to teach a little bit about the faith so you tend to learn something you probably did not know before and then of course we like to give out prizes and that makes it fun for everybody involved but of course we like to have a good time in the process And our callers tend to be a lot of fun. That phone number is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. But speaking of prizes, Janelle, who's the sponsor this week?
6: The sponsor for this week is Delphina Rose Art. They sell Catholic art and coloring pages.
5: Catholic Art and Coloring Pages. Uh, This is actually a lot of fun because as homeschooling family, we kind of do this all the time. My wife is always looking for this type of thing, and uh, our sponsor this week has been very generous to us to uh, To have this beautiful art, and some of it's uh, colored, some of it's actually like the outline, so you can download it, you can print it, and have your kids color it in, and uh, I'm sure Delphina's going to give us a beautiful pack of all of this. Their Etsy shop is etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Delphina Rose Art, and again, thank you. Thank you very much for being a sponsor. All right, let's go to the phones. We did get several calls in. Praise be to God. Thank you all for calling, helping us to bring back the game show this week, and there'll be more opportunities starting tomorrow. So if you don't get on today, call back tomorrow. Let's go to Anna. Good morning to you.
1: Hi, good morning.
5: Praise be to God, Anna. We're glad to talk to you and have you on the program today. Where are you calling from?
1: I'm calling from San Antonio. Hey, now. so excited.
5: (laughs) Now, what part of San Antonio are you from?
7: Um, I live on the west side. I go to St. Dominic Catholic Church.
5: Oh, cool. Praise be to God. Uh, are you native San Antonio or did you move there some other time?
7: No, I came here for college. Uh, I went to St. Mary's. That's my alma mater. But hey I'm now. from El Paso, Texas.
3: Praise yes. be to God. St. Dominic's? Does that happen to be a Dominican yes. parish? Now, Anna, you, you don't, uh, don't
5: feel compelled to answer that question, okay? Um, it totally is. He's got, a, he's got a Dominican bias that we are trying to filter out on the program. It's very important to me. It's contagious. <laughs> All right, Anna, have you heard the game show before? Do you know how, it's, uh, how the rules work?
2: Yes. Yeah.
5: So you're, I, you're aware then? Yes. Yeah. My attorney uh, compels me to make sure that you understand that Janelle and uh, Adrian can be pretty shady tree and they might try to fool you.
1: <laughs> okay
5: i however am your advocate and i'm the only one on your side i think you you do okay. realize that right no <laughs> she's not yes. she, she's not <laughs> biting she feels very like i don't know all right let's play it's gonna be fun it's gonna be easy and i'm pretty sure it's all easy question monday janelle we will start with you are you ready
6: i'm ready are you sure yes throw it at me
5: are you sure yes i'm ready Janelle, to feed the hungry is one of which kind of works of mercy?
6: Hmm. Can you repeat that again, please?
5: To feed the hungry is which kind of works of mercy?
6: That would be the Beatitudes.
5: The Beatitudes? Yes,
6: sir. The Beatitudes.
5: Uh, that's the kind of work of mercy? Yes. You sure? There's lots of mercy in okay. them. Oh, okay. All right. Adrian, can you tell me, to feed the hungry is which kind of work
3: of mercy? Uh, Yes, that would be the corporal works of mercy. The corporal works of mercy, as, a par- as opposed to the sergeant works of mercy. Well, as opposed to the Beatitudes. As opposed to the
5: Beatitudes. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian is on the hook for the Corporal Works of Mercy, and um, uh, Miss Janelle is on the hook for the Beatitudes Works of Mercy, I suppose. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Anna, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian,
0: the Corporal Works of
5: Mercy. Survey says. Yes, (laughs) of course. The Beatitudes. Janelle, <laughs> how do you sleep at night with that conscience of I yours? I don't. <laughs> you know, I, the only thing I could think about was about feeding
3: the hungry with my kids. I mean, good grief. It's like uh, backing up the truck. <laughs> do, do, I think, uh, I think Joe meal. should be compelled to do a corporate work of mercy right now. I'm, I'm so? very hungry. You're uh, very hungry. <laughs> I'm very hungry. <laughs> well, I have food in the kitchen. There you go. All right.
5: <laughs> Congratulations, Anna. You are the first contestant in the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence this week. That's got to feel pretty good. Yes, it does. (laughs) Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Um, All right. So, next question again. I'm going to say it. It's all easy question Monday. And we're going to go to Adrian this time, but uh, we'll have to keep a careful ear out for the guy. Adrian, can you tell me what was the very last book of the Old
3: Testament? Yes, the very last book of the Old Testament. Hmm. You know, I'm going to go with 2nd Maccabees. 2nd Maccabees? 2nd Maccabees. Hmm. <laughs> Maccabees, okay. Maccabees. Not the 1st Maccabees. Okay. The 2nd Maccabees. Not the 1st one? All, All right. right. The 1st Ma- Maccabees would be before the 2nd Maccabees. True story. Hashtag true, true mm-hmm. story. Okay. Let's go with, uh, see what smart.
5: Janelle has to say here. Janelle, can you tell us, what was the very last book of the Old Testament?
6: The very last one. The last mm. one. I'm going to go with Second Chronicles.
5: Second Chronicles. You guys are liking the second version of things today. Yes. Hmm.
6: Well, this is the second question, so I'm going to go with Second Chronicles. I see the theme.
5: I can see the theme now. A lot of twos. A lot of twos. All right. So, uh, Miss Janelle is on the hook for Second Chronicles, and Adrian is on the hook for Second Maccabees. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Anna, what say you?
1: I am so torn. I thought Maccabees was Old
5: Testament,
1: so mm-hmm.
5: I just don't know about Chronicles. Um, am going to You
6: sure? Oh! oh! I'm sorry.
5: I'm so sorry, Anna. I was going to give her more time. Boy, Adrian is so quick on that that, that button. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It turns out, uh, Travesty. turns out that Adrian, I hate, I, I hate to mention this publicly, but Adrian's right. Okay. Adrian was I'm, correct. I'm going <laughs> to clip, I'm going to clip him saying that and I'm going to start playing it constantly. It Put that on a button. Adrian's right. Maccabees, uh, the second book of Maccabees is in fact the last book of the Old Testament, but uh, never fear. Oh, that's what you are, you are in the I'm coffee sorry. cup. Don't worry. We're going to increase your opportunity with this last one here. Now, this one could be a teachable moment. Let's just see how it goes. Uh, let's go back to Janelle here. Janelle, can you tell me? There's that music. Janelle, what is the traditional name of the promoter of the faith? This is talking about the cause of saints. The whole process of making, deciding who gets to be canonized. Mm-hmm. What is the traditional name of the promoter of the faith, whose duty it is to raise objections and disapprovals?
6: Ooh, I know they use like the name of like something that... It's like a common phrase. Oh, yeah, man. Is it yeah. like the naysayer, the Mary Mary, quite contrary? Something or like that. Yeah. Like De- Debbie Down or something like yes, that.
5: Yes, exactly. Okay. I'm going to go
6: with the nope Pope. <laughs> the nope I'm s-
5: I'm Pope. I'm sorry. sorry. It's just morning allergies. That's all. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry. Did you- <laughs>
6: the nope Pope.
5: Okay. Mm-hmm.
6: Adrian. that's uh, the person that says no. Nope. See,
5: Adrian has <laughs> two majors, so let's go try him. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the traditional name of the promoter of the faith whose duty it is to raise objections and disapprovals?
3: <laughs> Please? Yeah, if I can, if I can get my I get the words out of my mouth, uh, that, that would be the devil's advocate. The, the, the devil's advocate. That would yes. be the name? Uh, it, it's either that or the nope pope, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
9: 15
5: seconds on the clock. Adrian's on for the devil's advocate, and Janelle's on for the nope pope. Who's right? Who's wrong? Anna, what say you?
1: I'm going to go with Adrian on this one. Duh.
5: How yeah. did you know that? How could you, how wow. could you possibly know it's that, Anna? so insightful, Anna. I just like, that is amazing how you got that
3: right. Duh. Wow. <laughs> uh well praise i be don't know to how god. she said that with a straight face i don't know either <laughs>
5: i have the
3: slightest clue but
5: uh you are in the coffee cup of divine providence twice Anna. congratulations Woo-hoo,
2: thank you praise
5: <laughs> be to god now uh, hopefully your day is looking good today you, your week is going to be peaceful
0: yes it's my last week of school i'm an educator i was plotting in my head I was going to call early next week because I might get through. I cannot believe I got through today. You're um, the first guest of the
5: week. Thanks be to God. Well, God love you, Anna. Yes. We're very grateful to you uh, for playing the game. You were a lot of fun. Thank you for laughing along with us. And we have got you in the cup twice. We're going to put you on hold so that uh, Teresa of Avila, our mystery guest today, will take your number down in case it be God's will that your name is pulled out of the cup on Friday. So you'll have to tune in to Wonderful. see. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you. God Thank bless you. you. All too. Thank you. <laughs> all right, that is going to do it for the radio side of our program, the first show back from Sherathon. So, uh, praise be to God for that. Coming up next, of course, is our after <laughs> show which will be live streamed on uh, on the uh, social media. You can be a part of that. You can just go to Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. Or if you'd like, you can go straight to our website and watch and comment there. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Tomorrow, Eric Sammons from Crisis Magazine is going to be our guest Uh, and I I think we have uh, somebody else coming on I know Paul Kengor is coming back this week so is Michael Lofton it's going to be a great week on Catholic Drive Time plus more game show opportunities and a lot more laughs all with you God love you God bless you grnonline.com forward slash cdt
1: we'll see you next time thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and
0: inspired
5: Welcome back to the After Show. It's good to have the After Show back on the program, praise be to God, where we conversate more casually about whatever is concerning you. And you get to drive that conversation, dear listener, through your comments on our social feeds. So whatever is on your mind, you can just uh, leave a comment there and we will be conversating about that. love to know what was on your agenda over the weekend. What did you guys do? That'd be fun to know. And uh, and we're also going to reveal to you the mystery guest, Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa, the saint, has been commenting on the program for quite some time. And we always wondered, who is St. Teresa of Avila? Now t- we'll tell you, we'll reveal her to you on the after show here shortly. She's wrapping up a phone call, as a matter of fact. The Nope Pope is the best you could come up with, Janelle, huh?
6: <laughs> I came up with like a plethora nope of different ones. I have also the naysayer, Mary Mary Quite Contrary, and the Debbie Downer. <laughs> I, those, are those are like
3: cabbage patch kids or garbage <laughs> patch kids. I was going to say Satanos. Satanos? I was going <laughs> to say Satanos. <laughs> which is just Satan, the accuser. Uh. Yes. Uh, does it, okay, uh, for all the old folks,
5: uh, by show of hands, do you guys remember the garbage pail kids? Do you remember I that? The what? About. Is so, this made up? Back in the 80s, way back in the, 80, the 80s, in the last century. There was the the, the, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. They were dolls, like little dolls, with big, exaggerated features. They're scary. And they became the hot, you know, item, toy. And everybody had them. All the rich kids had them. Of course, you know, we never did. But... There was like a parody that came out as a result of that called the Garbage Pail Kids, that's so and weird. they were they were like uh, you know how you have like baseball cards they no. were like that but they were just making fun of all the the, the Cabbage Patch Kids so <laughs> they would have like parody versions of all that stuff so that's Hilarious. what you just reminded me you just <laughs> as a, I've never met a rabbit hole that I did not want to go down it's true
3: <laughs> I can I can attest to this. <laughs>
5: Uh, anyway praise be to god that was fun to play the game again it felt good
3: yeah, um it's been a while it was good to see uh the the phones light up right there at the uh right before the yeah. the uh, show started
5: yeah it it helps if the phone lines ring earlier because it eats away into the segment we have for time and then just you know getting the limited resources we have in personnel to answer phones i just like it when the phone lines light up earlier so Okay, yeah. that will happen. Doing
3: it uh get it, having them light up. Uh we had like six callers come in at the last like 30 seconds before we started the game show and I was like yikes. <laughs> uh but you know, praise be to god, we got we got callers and uh hopefully they'll call back in the rest of the week. So yeah. Yes. We can get through all of them. Now, uh, I, as I said earlier in the program, if you were listening,
5: I, how, I would love to do a full after show with you today. Uh, however, Adrian, the producer, is forbidding it. It's true. Uh, by, by fiat, he he forbids a full after show today. So send your hate mail to adrian
3: at com. Unfortunately, somebody gave me access to the microphones <laughs> so I can just hit off buttons. Uh, off buttons. <laughs> um, I don't know who thought that was a good idea, <laughs> well, but... And here we are. I
6: mean. The only censorship. Uh, <laughs> yes, be. yes.
3: <laughs> so
5: yesterday, uh, yesterday after mass, I was approached by somebody. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, there's been a mystery figure coming and going on our comment box on the on the YouTube side of things for the last several months. Uh, going back a while now. Um, St. Teresa of Avila. I thought, that's interesting. I, I was pretty sure she's in heaven. And not commenting on Facebook or yes, YouTube, could, both. You but know, somehow, she someway, on Earth. she was actually commenting on our YouTube stream. And I thought of all the content to be commenting on, how incredible is it for have, to have St. Teresa of Avila comment on ours? I mean, that's kind of cool. Uh, so sort of a mysterious figure, uh, but uh, the, she approached me after mass yesterday. Who knew? I didn't know I knew this person. And, uh, and we have her, we invited her in the studio today, and she is on with us. Good morning to you, St. Teresa. Good morning. We got to turn your mic on, though. Good morning to you, St. Teresa. Good morning. Praise be to God.
10: Praise be to God. How's
5: the beatific vision?
10: Beautiful.
5: I bet. I can only Beautiful. imagine. Beautiful. That should be a song. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. How's that song go?
10: That's
3: the song. Who let Joe sing again?
5: <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, St. Teresa of Avila. Where are you from,
10: Katy, Texas?
5: Katy, well, you have that accent down. Oh.
10: Yes, I
4: do.
5: Ka- Ka- Katy, Texas. <laughs> uh, you know, the first time I ever heard the name Katy, Texas, I was living in New England at the time, mm-hmm. and it was a reality TV show uh, where couples had to they had they were given a small budget and a, and a very quick t- turnaround time, and they had to they had to remodel their own homes. So they were okay. working on each part of the rooms. They had to work as a couple, which led to many arguments and near divorces. I'm sure.
10: Yes, I saw that show. Who,
5: I was, who was the, uh, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the host of that uh, reality show. I can't remember. Somebody, somebody well known. But anyway, that was the first time I, uh, I ever heard the name Katie. And lo and behold, in 2006, I moved my family darn near Katie, Texas. So a uh, small little world we live in. You born and raised there?
10: No, I was actually born and raised in a small town I, I uh, 50 you were miles gonna, south of Houston.
5: I thought you were going to say Italy being St. Teresa Bible and all. South of Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Where where south 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 of Houston?
10: Houston. 50 miles south of Houston.
5: 50 miles south of Houston? Yeah. What is that? uh, What's down there? I forget. Galveston? (laughs) No, that's further. That's
10: not south. South
5: of Houston. It's like there's a lake down there, right? Um, No, no. no, there's a river. There's a river. Oh, the Brazos Bend? Nope. No. I give up.
10: Colorado.
5: The Colorado Uh, River's down there? The Colorado River runs through it. I should look at a map more often. Um, why St. Teresa of Avila? Why did you choose that name?
10: Um, when I was creating my Google name um, um, I don't know I was just messing around with Google because I hate the tracking so I figured <laughs> I would uh, and I've done this uh, I think I have another email and I thought use a saint name right mm-hmm. and when people look me up um, when I email people that don't know me or some friends that aren't familiar with the face I always faith they always ask me, "Who's Saint Teresa of Avila?" She's a she is a feisty Spanish nun. Yes, and you really should get to know her. And yeah. I love her quote: "If the, Jesus, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few." <laughs> and I clicked with that. I was like, you know, um, she is a uh, she is really a great saint.
5: Yeah, amen. That's
10: lived, and uh, she's like me—a little feisty. Mm-hmm. You know. And I, I identify with that Spanish blood, so
5: now, um for clarity purposes, uh she is not Dominican
10: oh
6: she is not
5: yeah, yeah, that's and that's okay. Adrian, I think he's weeping a tear what happened to adrian
6: <laughs> he, he went out to cry <laughs> he,
5: went, he took a knee <laughs> to cry <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so uh your your real name then is not Saint Teresa law. I'm starting no. to catch on
10: no, it's not,
5: so what is your real name?
10: Well, do we really want to reveal that?
5: Well, that's do part we of the, revel- the, mis- the revealing <laughs> of the mystery character. Okay. We can not say your last name. It's Anna.
10: It, my first name is Anna. Yeah.
5: Yes. Well, it's good to have you last on the Last name on the show is yeah, so, praise yeah, be to God. I mean, praise Spanish be to God. connection. Well, you know, uh, the mystery has been revealed at St. Teresa of Avila on YouTube. So if you're hanging out on YouTube and you see her commenting, make sure you say hi to Anna. We are grateful. She was answering phones with us today. She helped to do video switching t- today. So you you learn a couple of things, hopefully. Nothing broke, praise be to God.
10: Yeah, I did actually did a pretty decent job.
5: Whoa. Hey.
3: Adrian should feel threatened then. No, that's okay.
10: <laughs> <laughs>
4: she, any, any, yeah, any, no, he still has a job. Any, any
3: day this week, <laughs> and no problem, or any day ever. It's, I, <laughs> I am his A-okay. His job is
10: secure. His job <laughs> is happy secure. to
3: pass it off. I have, uh, I have no, no, uh, no qualms about it. Yeah. Mm. Whoa, someone is asking for
5: a little bit of Catholic Drive Time Rick Roll.
3: No. That's the not the Catholic Drive Time
5: Rickroll the apocalypse. No, it's not. Jesus. This is oh, a Catholic Drive Time Rickroll. This is my friend Chuck. Oh. Jesus, what? Don't be dancing it. over there, Anna. Good grease. Don't, Jesus. don't he encourage the, what, him. What
10: did I say about that? Don't Devo. encourage him. Devo.
5: Yeah, it does sound like Devo. It
10: does sound like Devo. Whip it!
5: it how many people remember? Show of hands. You know? How many people remember Devo?
10: Yeah. Mm,
5: remember. Oh, or know don't what, it no <laughs> what it, is. it is. is. That was like big, big, big doings when I was a kid. When I, Devo I came feel
10: out. I should be wearing a flower pot on my head when I hear that song. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I, I, MTV was such a big thing for, for me as a kid.
10: I mean, that was one of the first few videos of MTV back exactly. in the day when they actually played music. Yes. Um, and uh, that song, Whip It, it reminded me. So when yeah. I hear Jesus is my friend, it's like,
5: oh, whip man. It. I could still i i 'm like one thousand nine hundred and eighty three when a problem comes along. what year did it launch i don 't remember, but my uh, at the time my parents were divorced, and so my mom, who you know working, uh, working her tail off to support two kids, um we would be alone all summer long, so we like whatever trouble we wanted to get into, we got into, and she was powerless to stop us. Even. And a 1980 uh, song. Yeah, it was like 83, 84. I think when MTV launched, and the the the, the spaceman on the moon, you know, was their icon iconic logo, and all these songs. Yeah, Billy Idol was huge. I can't drive F- 55 by Sammy Hagar. Remember that? Oh yeah. Van Halen. I
10: uh, no, kids today will never know.
5: Never. that Never
10: know. Yeah. Never know the struggle of driving 55.
3: Janelle, do you know what they're talking about?
1: No. No, I'm very lost. (laughs) They will never know that struggle. (laughs) No, we will never know. You know what's funny <laughs> is no uh,
5: we take it for granted here, right? In in this part of the country, uh, but you go to places like New England or whatever, and sixty sixty five is like the upper limit. Yeah, like that is like not eighty five. No, eighty five. And uh, and what? I remember talking to people up up there, and they're like, "Oh, you're from Texas." you guys have like no speed limit down there you know <laughs> are you kidding i like i 10
10: like, yes. from you know houston to san antonio i'm like, like the 85
3: Audubon. is way too slow i'm <laughs> wow. like what? oh my goodness why are, people are like uh i was i was at the a wedding uh dinner on um saturday and a lot of the the people there were from Franciscan university and they were like um like oh yeah the roads over here everybody goes so fast and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, right. like yeah, like, what are they, you talking yeah. about? Like, uh, like uh, everybody's like going slow. I'm like honking at the person in front of me. Like, stop it. You're in the left lane. Why? You're only going 75. <laughs>
5: Right, Mike. I'm just saying, uh, Mike you know. K. Brought, but thanks again for your generous donation last week, Mike K. We're very grateful to you. God love you. Uh, but Mike K. brings up the uh, the we, we 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 sparked a memory for him. <laughs> Video killed the radio star, star. by the mm-hmm. Bugles. Was it the Bugles? Was it is that? Yeah, the Bugles. Bugles. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Oh, those those days. I'm so glad those days are over. But he also said, "Get off my lawn." Yeah, Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always mm-hmm. feel old when we talk to Adrian and Janelle. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I don't yeah. feel
10: old. I feel like I, uh, I have more knowledge. vintage, vintage.
6: Yes. More wisdom. V- I have more wisdom.
10: <laughs> I have to hold back my wisdom. Not Jesus, empower them with all my wisdom.
5: Jesus Robles says he visited St. Catherine Drexel Catholic Church. Over the weekend, every time we're out of town on Sunday, our greatest joy is to visit a Catholic church en route. Amen. You know, uh, so last year, was it last year? Yeah, 2020. So September of last year, my family and I did a mission trip up to Montana. And uh, on the route back, we actually, yeah, on the route back, we stopped at the church on on the Indian Reservation outside of Glacier National Park. And that was, that church is called St. Kateri, I think. Um, great, and the the uh, native people actually built that church themselves using rocks that they pulled up from the riverbed. So they they're big, huge, round, sort of rounded wow. rocks. They brought them all up from the riverbed and they built that church. It was quite lovely. Wow. And then, of course, uh, on the way down, we stopped at Helena, Montana, and, and visited their cathedral, which is epic. It is epic. It's so incredible. We could have spent literally all day there, either praying or just looking at all the incredible uh intricate details of the place it is epic beautiful high altar wonderful artwork and stained glass just really nice if you can ever go to a place like that boy is it so nice unfortunately just recently they got vandalized yeah their building got spray painted with all kinds of hate and vitriolic uh words it was it's pretty terrible uh, Jeff Burrier, good morning to you. Praise be to God. says, uh, God bless you always. This weekend we went to Blanco State Park. It was awesome. Nice. You're, you're yeah. on the uh, tour again there. Now, Jeff, have you guys already been to all the state parks in the People's Republic of Texas, or you still have some to visit? I'm just curious. Tammy says, if you can get past the music and costumes, some of the lyrics of Jesus is my friend are funny. <laughs>
3: I, would, I would argue that all of them are funny. <sighs> My, I mean, um, I wouldn't say they're good, um, but they're certainly um, funny. I, I don't know. I don't know
5: exactly.
6: What are we talking?
5: about? I don't know. I mean, have you seen the video? <laughs> are, you, are you? It's bizarre. At to best. A video. I'm talking about audio. Myself, talking to myself. I'm terrified. I'm, I, so
6: I'm not. I'm not planning to watch the video. Yeah, don't. don't. Avoid you should watch it. The video. Avoid
5: it's it. It's great. I, I mentioned it to the priest in confession this weekend. Un-see. I mentioned it to the priest in confession this weekend. He said, "You are. You are." You One are rosary. to avoid it like the plague. You now have to do a rosary of rosaries. Every bead has to be the full <laughs> rosary, not just a, like a children's Have you ever done a penitential chaplet? rosary? It has to be a full, all 15 mysteries on every bead. Oh, my. That was my penance because I had watched the f- the, the video, Jesus is my friend. I feel like, it's, I
8: feel like that should be your true. penance yeah. after...
10: Yeah. You know, after confession. That after every your, confession?
8: After, it's you it, should, it's you interesting. Have to watch
10: that and just go, I'm never doing that again.
8: The
5: priest asked me, and I've never been asked this in the confession What's before, ever? but he asked me, he goes, have you ever felt like you received communion unworthily and you shouldn't have?
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. And
5: I said, I laughed. I, I laughed twice in the confessionally yesterday. I never laughed wow, before in a weird. confession before. This, so this was a new one. And, that, and I said, Father, every single time I go to communion, I think that thought. <laughs> he goes, okay, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I meant, do you have any mortal sin on your soul? I'm like, not that I'm aware of, thankfully. But, uh, but boy, I thought that was interesting. Like every time we go, to confession, we go to communion, boy, does that thought not cross your mind? How unworthy am I to receive this incredible gift?
3: Every moment of every day.
5: Every moment of every day. So a uh, penitential rosary probably oh, Jesus is. A Jesus is
3: uh, That's yeah. how I feel whenever I'm going to receive our Lord. I'm like, wow, Jesus really is a friend of mine, isn't he? You. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> Amen. <laughs> you need to do a much penitential, you. man, whoever it is that wrote this song. God bless you. you.
6: Moderation, Adrian.
3: You are going to spend a lot of time in purgatory, my friend. Oh, man. I, I will, but it's not going to be because of the song. And that song
6: will be playing in purgatory. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. God, the video, God, the video will be playing. God, God willing, willing. that would will be such a blessing.
10: That song Forced
5: be to watch this video during your, your purgation? No, your purgation. that wouldn't be purgatory. No, It'd be not heaven.
3: Not watching oh. the video,
5: he
6: has to. Be, he will be input into the music video for his. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that would penance. actually be pretty horrible. You that should remake the video. That's <laughs> what
5: you are. Your penance ought to be to remake the video. Oh, because I mean, that, that video came out and went 1905. I mean, it's been on a long that time. That could be kind of fun. Gotta reboot it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus says the church that he visited was in Hempstead. I felt we were in the bo- <laughs> we were in the boonies, but then I learned it's still a part of the Galveston. <laughs> it's pretty large diocese out here it is. in the Great West. I wonder, folks, uh, the, the the listeners are hanging out with us that are from other parts of the country, uh, how big their dioceses are. Because once you kind of leave Texas or like Alaska. They become much smaller. I yeah, think. I got all these baby dioceses. They're tiny. I, but Dioci? I, I'm a, I'm a proponent that dioceses should be small. Yeah, me too. Actually, me I too. I think it would be better if they were smaller, and there was a more intimate relationship between parishioner and priest, and priest mm-hmm. and bishop. And uh, less auxiliaries, like- less mega churches. I would love to see mm-hmm. smaller parishes instead of large mega parishes. Because like here in this diocese, we have one church alone. We have over 30 churches that have more than 3,000 parishioners. Thank you, Lori. And, that is- and then we have, we have uh, one church that has at least 15 to t- somewhere between 15 and 20,000 registered families. Think about that. Uh, that seems like a lot. That's It's, it's quite, a, quite a bit. I don't actually know how many they have, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. And it's either the largest or the second largest parish in the country. The, the one that claims to be larger is out in the Carolinas. And I actually visited that parish some years ago. I spoke there at a men's conference. What? So, Uh-oh. the large parishes equal hard to have a relationship with your priest. Much harder. You become lost in the sea. At any rate... That means that music means Adrian is cutting us off um, because he lacks great charity. Uh, I, however, love you and wish we could be on all day. Adrian is ensuring that that is not the case. No need to fact check me. Just trust me on it. Okay, tomorrow we'll stay the whole day. (laughs) Okay, we'll see how that goes. All right, praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us. We had fun tomorrow morning. Eric Sammons is our guest. Who's on? Do we have a second guest at all? No, we're going to before the end of the day, though. Uh, Eric Sammons, and we'll see who else will be on our What's Concerning Us. Dr. Paul King-Gore is coming back. We're going to focus on the the infiltration of the church. That's going to be a hard topic. And that and a lot more. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure
0: to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station
4: Live from the sun-drenched cobblestones...
3: Bree, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Praise be to God. Oh,
6: really?
3: Hitchborn and Niles. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Stop fighting with people, Bree. Um, you gotta be peaceful and loving.
5: Email the yeah email them. MS <laughs> the actual details are on the prize I have I forgot to I was gonna give one more shout to this Bridget lady. I forgot.
4: She won the prize a weeks
5: ago and she never she hung up before we could get her
3: information. Yeah, that's that's not great. Jeffrey Sachs isn't exactly, you know. What's wrong with Jeffrey Sachs? Who is Jeffrey Sachs? Well, I guess he's technically not wrong.
5: Why do you hate
8: Chinese people?
3: I I mean, if they're gone, then they're not there. (laughs) Hmm. Well, why don't they just stop having poor people? I mean, you just, just stop. Yeah, it's, it's super easy. Hmm. So what are y'all talking about today? And what's the stuff y'all sent me? I haven't looked at it yet. Hero? Hmm. Okay, so that'll be in the third segment, then, or second segment? Second, second. Second and. Third. Got it. Awesome. There he is. No. Silly.
11: Hi. Can you hear me?
3: Which video do y'all want first? Okay, the one with Biden, and then the one. uh, I don't know what's going on this one, but the other one. Okay, Theresa May. Okay, that's who that is. Got it. All right, those are ready to go. Um, Let's see. Anything else? Yeah, about three minutes. Uh, myself down. Let's see. We could.
11: Yeah, except I'm not pro-monarchy, so...
3: I am. But I'm also okay with Macron getting slapped. Uh,
11: We're only pro-monarchy when it comes to the Catholic Church.
3: Exactly. Well, uh, actually... Ah!
11: Oh! Unlike some good old-fashioned theocratic monarchies.
3: Uh, Theocratic? Uh, Only if I'm the theocrat.
11: Where did my notes? Oh, they're there. Okay. Nope, can't put those over there. Your head space is like you need to move your camera down. Oh, yeah. It's like your little head is tiny, and then the wall above you is super big. Good catch. Yeah, that's better. Next, well, next week, week after, I should have my couch, which is cool because then I won't have this terrible echo. Because this room's still pretty empty. It's supposed to be here in April, but
3: just hang a just, just hang a towel in front of your face.
11: That's what I was going to do today, but uh, fresh out of
3: towels. Darn. All right, one minute. Uh, putting you on mute.